0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au.
1: So Father, we thank you so much for your word. As we get into your word, Lord, we thank you that you help us uh, Father, that you lead and guide us. Father, that you give everyone ears to hear as we look into your holy word today. And we give you all the praise and glory for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been doing a question and answer format. We started at the beginning of the month, so I just believe I'll just do that today. Uh, with, we'll just do a question and answer. So here's the question. There seems to be so many opinions on being filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues what does the Bible say about it? Would it be beneficial to all Christians? And so in order to start answering those questions, let's lay down some facts from the Word of God first and see what God's Word says. So here's, here's the first thing we want to look at today, that tongues are exclusive to the church age. And you see that, that Jesus said this in Mark 16 and verse 17. says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. And so the first thing that we notice here, that Jesus himself says tongues were distinctive or exclusive to the church age. So this even answers a question, because I've had people ask me, and then I've, I've heard this question out and about, that if tongues are so important, why didn't Jesus himself speak with tongues? In a sense, this answers that question because you see that Jesus himself said tongues are distinctive to the church age. So that's one reason why he didn't speak because they were going to be distinctive in the church age. And uh, also, if you notice in this scripture, that Jesus said tongues were a sign. And so when we first fit this building out and we were just moving into it, you know, you're just trying to keep up with everything, and we had a deadline that we wanted to get in because we didn't want to pay rent in two different locations. So we probably moved in here sooner than we should have in one, but we at least got free of paying rent in two places at the same time. But, you know, people said, where's, where's the bathrooms? And where's, you know, every, people wanted to know where things were because we had no signage you know, and signage is a big thing, you know, when you're somewhere out, you know, especially at the airport, and you're walking down corridors, you know, you want signs to let you know where you're going. Well, Jesus said that speaking in tongues is a sign, you know, it's like signage for the church age, and it's a sign to unbelievers, it's a sign out to the world, and so Jesus himself was a really pro-tongue guy, okay, and, uh, and then we look at here also, uh, the next thing we want to say is that tongues are of God. Okay, tongues are of God versus them being of the devil. And so you, you've probably heard my story that when I, I was working in a machine shop and I got made redundant, they, had an, they didn't have enough work. This is back in 1978 or 79 that I was made redundant a long time ago. And when I went away, on my redundancy, I got born again, and I got filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues. And then our factory had work come in, and they called me back to work. So I went back to work, and there was a, a guy that was always witnessing to me, and he always wanted to see me get saved. So I thought, man, he's going to be excited about this you know, when I see him, so I got called back to work. and I worked midnight turn. You, know, you go in at 11 o'clock at night and get off at 7 in the morning, And uh, not so much fun working that turn. But I go in there, and I'm excited, and I go up to him, and I say, guess what? I said, I'm a Christian now. I'm born again. Jesus is my Lord. And and then I said, but it doesn't stop there. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, too. And I speak with tongues. And he goes, that's of the devil. (laughs) You know, he wasn't very excited about it. And I said, you know, I know I have it, and I know it's not the devil. So no matter what you say, you can, can never convince me that it's of the devil. I know it's God, and I know it's changed me. And so uh, he, he couldn't wait for me to get saved, and then he didn't want too much to do with me <laughs> after I got saved. So Luke chapter 11, and verse 11, uh, look what it says here. It says, what father among you If his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to him that asks? And so sincere Christians with beautiful hearts that ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit, the Lord doesn't give them anything except what they asked for. He doesn't give, and the devil doesn't get involved in it. It's like you ask for the Holy Spirit, and the Lord gives you exactly what you ask for, the Holy Spirit. And I know that happened with me. So be comforted if you're not filled with the Spirit and know that you do not have to be afraid. You can ask for the Holy Spirit, and the Lord will give you the Holy Spirit. Here's another thing we see about Tongues. Uh, it's uh, tongues haven't ceased they haven't ceased and you see that in first corinthians 14 and verse 39 it says so my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues and so uh, anybody that's been with us even since the beginning we haven't forbade speaking in tongues here uh, because the bible says not to forbade it so you can sing in the spirit You can pray in the Spirit. Uh, You know, tongues uh, are not to be forbidden. Then we also see, as we look at facts, that every Christian can pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, and we have that going on in our church. You know, know, it it doesn't say that you have to be an apostle, a prophet, you know, an, an evangelist or anything to pray for people to be healed. Every Christian can do it. And we've had many people in our church pray for others and they were filled with the holy spirit so you see in acts chapter 9 and uh, in verse 10 says now there was a certain disciple at damascus so notice he's not an apostle he's not a prophet he's not an evangelist he's a certain disciple and uh, he, his name was ananias and the lord spoke to him in a vision and said you know and he said here i am lord and then verse 11 so the lord said to him arise go to the street called straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. And behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. So he was instructed by the Lord to do this. And then he did exactly what the Lord said to do in Acts 9 and verse 17. It says, Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, let's stop there brother Saul. So when Saul, of course, he Paul killed Christians. Paul was, you know, he was a Christian killer. And so he's on the road to Damascus, and and the Lord appears to him, and then he said, what will you have me to do, Lord? As soon as he acknowledged Jesus as Lord, he was born again. And so when Ananias talks to him, and many people were still afraid of Saul, and it's kind of like, you know. Jonah in the well in Nineveh where they were evil and, and you know Jonah didn't really want God to save him. He, he was being stubborn. He thought they're, they're not worth saving and of course you know what happened and he ended up preaching the gospel to Nineveh. Well in a, in, a, in a similar way when Paul got saved still many were afraid and because he killed Christians they didn't think he deserved it and that's a little side thought there you know no matter what you think you deserve because of your behavior just know that because of the grace of God and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that everyone has hope everyone has hope you know and God is a forgiving God and the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance and there's first second third 40 50 chances in the Lord you know and on and on and on so thank God for that so they might have thought Paul didn't deserve it but this man Ananias it might have been hard for him to say brother Brother Saul because he killed Christians, but he said, Brother Saul. So notice, it's important to notice that because he's already a Christian. He's already a Christian, Brother Saul. But so then it goes on further to say, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, he sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So notice here that that brings us to our next point, that he's Brother Saul, And he's a Christian, and we know in the book of Ephesians it says when we believe that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So once you believe, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, but then there is another experience, and that's what you call filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that leads us to the next thing we want to look at, and that's this. One Holy Spirit and two experiences. So as we look at that, uh, we can say that you know as Jesus walked on the earth, he eventually sent out his disciples to do the same works that he was doing. And when he sent his disciples out, they could not be born again because he had not yet died. So when he sent his disciples out to do the same works, what were they were doing is they were working along with the Holy Spirit. But here's what Jesus said to them uh, in, in John 14 and verse 17. He said, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it see, neither sees him Nor knows him. And then it says, You know him. Now they weren't born again, but they knew him as a working, in a working relationship. It says, You know him, for he dwells with you. You're working with him, doing the same works, because Jesus told them to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and cast out devils. So he says, You know him, because he's with you. But then he said, But he will be in you. Okay, so. This is where Jesus began to speak about the Holy Spirit to them. So, fast forward now, fast forward this, and we go now. Jesus arose from the dead, okay, and he's now, for the short season, he walked on the earth after he arose from the dead. So, he paid the price, and now people can be born again. It was possible to be born again and become a Christian because he rose from the dead so john chapter twenty and verse twenty two it says and when he had said this this is jesus he breathed on them and said receive the holy spirit and so most theologians believe this is the day that the church was born and this these are the very first christians when he said receive the holy spirit to his disciples so the church was born and they were born again and uh... here's here's what we want to see next. So now these guys are born again. They're brothers and sisters in the Lord, whoever was there, right? But then we go to Acts chapter five, or one, I'm sorry, in verse five, and it says, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay, so remember, he's talking to some of these disciples that he breathed on, and he's saying this to them. Then in verse number 8, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So notice he earlier said he'll be in you, but now he's saying he's going to come upon you, and when he comes upon you, there's going to be power, and you'll be a witness in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth, okay? So notice here we're talking about one Holy Spirit And two experiences. So now let's go forward to the day of Pentecost when when it arrived in Acts chapter 2 in verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then jumping down to verse 4, it says, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this is the time now that they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke in other tongues. So Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That's the born-again experience. In the book of Ephesians, it uh, it says after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So, believing we have the Holy Spirit and we're sealed, but now this is another experience where we're filled with the Holy Spirit and He comes upon us. And so, this is what happened here. And so, uh, with that said now, I just wanted to lay down some, some of those things so we could say a few other things today. And here's what we want to just say a few things about. We see that we're at the day of Pentecost and we see that when the Holy Spirit came, people were, were filled with the Spirit. The Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues. And remember, our question is, you know, can you explain it to me? Well, in the, in the brief amount of time we have, I've done my best to explain to you that there's two experiences, and we're filled with the Spirit, and we speak in tongues. But now, remember the other question, is it beneficial? So the benefits of speaking in tongues. So what are some of those benefits? So here's the first thing that you see in the book of Acts when they were refreshed, I mean when they were filled with the Spirit, they were refreshed, even drunk, okay? And you see that in Acts chapter 2 in verse 13. It says, Others mocking said they are full of new wine. And so there's always somebody that mocks the things of God and they were mocking and they, were, you know, they weren't really discerning what was going on. And then in verse number 15, there was a response to their mocking, and it's, this is the response, "'For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day.'" So the response is that it's not wine out of a bottle, it's wine from heaven, the Holy Spirit. And they're not drunk like you think, even though they're acting drunk, okay? And so you, some of you heard my story of the time that, the first time that I was, got drunk with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I went over, uh, I was going to a, a, a Pentecostal church in my hometown. The pastor there was Italian. The worship leader was Italian. That's how I picked up the, out the church. I found it in the Yellow Pages. I, I just It just was the little step we needed to think, it's okay to leave the church we grew up in because there's other Italians that go, you know. We needed that little step to, to take it. it. It was a big step for us. So we go to our first church, Italian pastor, Barney Leone, worship leader, Michael Donadio. you know, just all these Italians. So we went over to the worship leader's house during the week one night after supper. We didn't go there to eat. We just went there to fellowship. And we're sitting around the table, me and my brother Joe, and Mike Donadio and his wife, Kathy, and two others, I think Tim, and I can't remember the other one. There was like six of us. And Mike says, I'm gonna, he got his guitar out and said, I'm going to just play the guitar. Let's just sing and worship the Lord. So we started to sing and worship the Lord. Then we just started to sing in tongues. And we're just singing in tongues and singing in tongues and worshiping in tongues. And all of a sudden, like, man, right out of heaven, it's like something I've never experienced before. I got so drunk, and I you know, had some experience in the world getting drunk, you know, and I know what it's like when you got so drunk in the world that you had a hard time talking, like you couldn't really control your tongue, you slurred everything that came out, you're so drunk. Uh, So I, I knew what that was like, but now, the Holy Spirit, I'm so full that my tongue feels really thick. I mean, I felt like my tongue was so thick, like being drunk when I got drunk with whiskey, like, my tongue was like that, and I couldn't. Every time I tried to talk, it was just all slurred, and I couldn't stand up. I just fell in the kitchen. I st- tried to stand up, and I went back and hit the refrigerator and just slid down the refrigerator, and I'm just leaning up against the refrigerator, and we're all just, like, laughing, and we're so drunk, and we're so full of the Holy Spirit, you know? And so I, I know that, I know it was real. I know it was awesome for me, and I know that I'm, I wasn't a weirdo. You know, and I knew that I didn't get a headache the next morning when I woke up too. Okay, so look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. It says, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. And so that's like a contrast, reckless living versus purposeful living. And so, you know, you know getting drunk with wine or whiskey or that, you can get reckless. And uh, somebody even made comments about uh, over in Europe. I lived in Europe. We lived in Europe for almost ten years. It's interesting that the southern European nations of Spain, Italy, and France—they're wine drinkers—and the northern Europeans they drink whiskey and beer. And somebody said, "You ever notice that when they play foot- football and footy, that they get real kind of violent and they fight?" And but the you know the Italians and the French and the Spaniards—they're kind of romantics. You know, and they don't really, uh, they don't really fight. You know, and it is interesting that the whiskey and beer can make you a little more rowdy and reckless than actually the wine does, even. You know, so that's one thing that we noticed when we were living over there. So it says, you know, don't get full of that, but get filled with the Spirit. So here's uh, why it's so beneficial. The first thing that we see about being filled with the Spirit is we speak directly to God. And you see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and verse 2, it says, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. And, and so this was something new to me uh, when I got around people. Uh, and this happened actually when I left my hometown. I, I was filled with the Spirit and I spoke in tongues. But then when I moved down to Tulsa, I got around people that we would pray, and we would get praying, and we would pray like one hour nonstop in tongues. And for, you know, a lot of people, it's hard to have a breakthrough to do that, but I really want to encourage you, if you've never stayed at it, it, it's it's amazing if you just say, I'm going to make a choice, and I'm going to pray in tongues and i'm going to do it for a while and you know see if you can find time and i know it varies for every person i understand if you have young children to find a pure hour sometimes can be challenging but i I just know one thing that it really made a difference when i actually started to pray for longer amounts and it's not works we don't want to get legalistic over it but there it's almost like if you decide to do it just one time where i'm going to put time aside and i'm going to pray in the spirit for a while and you have your first kind of breakthrough where it's almost like your flesh, you kind of put your flesh under and decide, I'm gonna pray. And I know that it made a difference in in my life. And and, And so you can, if you ever decide to do that, if you haven't done that, I really recommend it. But I just know this, it says, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. And it's a way to speak to God. And it says that when you do that, you utter mysteries in the spirit. So there's things about your life right now to you they may be mysterious. You don't know what's next. You don't know some things and so it's a mystery to you and when you even pray in the Spirit you can pray the things out in, lo- in your life that you wonder about and it doesn't, it, it doesn't happen overnight. I've told some of you the story about how uh, we were going to do television ministry when we lived in Italy. Uh, you know, And it was like a two-year process before there was clarity on how to do television ministry in Italy. So some things don't happen overnight, and it's really just a matter of us staying with those things and not giving up and continuing to pray them out. And one of the good ways to pray things out is to pray in the Holy Spirit, to pray in tongues. It's a way to pray things out in your life. With that said, um, somebody might say, is this form of communication necessary? Is, it, is this a necessary way to communicate with God? And you know, the answer to that question, well, is like, who's the one that came up with that? It's not man. So if you think God gave us tongues, and not only did He give us tongues, then He actually said, when you use tongues, you don't speak to men, but you speak to me. So my answer to that would be, of course it's a necessary way to communicate to God because he gave it to us and it's a way you know it's one way you can pray the devil doesn't even know what you're praying about when you pray in tongues the devil has no idea what you're praying about it's direct it's direct communication with God and you're praying out mysteries here's another thing that when we pray in tongues we pray apart from our understanding and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 14 it says for if i pray in a tongue My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And and so, you know, when I say spirit, I always go here because the Bible says, uh, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So I always like to say my spirit. Because so when I pray in tongues, it's like out of my belly, belly, there's flowing rivers. And you just pray in the Holy Spirit from that place, you know. And it says that when you do that, you pray apart from your understanding. And sometimes it 's really good not to pray with understanding. Sometimes you understand too much, and you need to pray a different way because your understanding isn 't even that great, and your understanding is even wrong about a situation. and so when you decide to pray in the Holy Spirit, you 're praying apart from your understanding, and you don 't get your, your mind in some er- other areas are not involved when you pray, and uh, it, it can bring you answers, and sometimes the answers aren 't even. You would have never thought about that in your natural way of praying. Uh, You would have never gone that direction. And that's what can happen when you pray in tongues and pray in the Spirit. Then look at here what Paul said about it. Paul gave, he put such an importance on it. In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 18, he said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. And so he was a real, you know, tongue talker. Think about the Apostle Paul was one of the most fruitful ministries In in the early church. And, you know, he said, I pray in tongues more than you are. You know, it's just, there's just something about uh, praying in tongues that uh, it causes you to be more fruitful. And so uh, we could say this these two statements about what we're talking about today. It's a supernatural way that the deepest part of us worships and prays from our spirit. So when you decide to pray in tongues, it's a supernatural way that the deepest part of us worships and prays from our spirit. And then secondly, it's a supernatural way that we sing to the Lord a new song. So we can pray in the spirit, we can sing in the spirit. Uh, It's a wonderful thing. And then when we talk about praying in tongues, you know, know, I want to just tell you how it's benefited me. And I could put Patsy in there, I, I have I, but I could put we, because we prayed in tongues together even, but I'll just, I already prepared my notes, so when I've prayed in tongues, I receive clarity for major moves from one nation to another. And you know, it's a big thing to move from one nation to another. You know, you got a lot of money, It's money's involved, packing containers, you know, all, all kind of details, But. But then if you ever move from one continent to another, you surely want to make sure it's God. You don't want to miss it because it's expensive to begin with, and then you missing it is double. So I know that we, every major move, we've lived on four continents, and every time that we've done a major thing, we've prayed out, and we prayed it out in tongues and in the Holy Spirit, and there's clarity and direction that was so clear that we weren't afraid to take the step. And even the first time, our first thing, we we moved to Italy. That was our first continent. We moved out of America to Italy. And we prayed that out for a while and did a lot of praying. But then we arrived in Italy in September, or late August or somewhere, and we got a Bible school going in September within a few weeks. But then we get get a, a fax from our office. This is way back before emails or anything, I think. We got a fax, if you can remember those days. And it says... I sent a fax to our office and said, "Take your." We had an office in the states; two, a husband and wife, uh, were working for us. I said, "Take your normal Christmas bonus." I got a fax back. Uh, well, if we take our normal Christmas bonus, there's not much money in the account. In the account, there's only going to be this, you know, a couple hundred dollars left, and we needed thousands of dollars a month. And I said, "Well, take your bonus then, because." and the big picture of things, it doesn't matter. Enjoy Christmas. We'll figure this out after Christmas. <laughs> That's, that was my thought. So they took their bonus, and at least they could have a good Christmas. But we're, we're walking and praying in the Holy Spirit in Sicily, but we prayed it out already. And to make a long story short, there was a lot of churches that they, they were planning on starting to do financial support to us as missionaries in January. When January came around, one letter after another letter came in from all these different churches, and we had all the finances. That happened back in 1993, and we have uh, been missionaries ever since 1993, and God has supplied all of our needs the whole time. So praise God, it, it's good when you pray things out. <clears throat> so um, another thing is I received revelation and insight into God's Word. So praying in the Holy Spirit, you can just be praying in the Spirit, and all of a sudden you get a revelation and understanding about a certain thing in the Bible, uh, I was greatly helped in difficult times, and even comforted in, in times of hurt. And somebody might say, "Well, past you, you always seem happy, and, and you know, do you, do pastors get hurt, and and do you have difficult times?" And I can tell you, you know, pastors do get hurt. There's many opportunities to be hurt as a pastor, but I can say this: that you know, sometimes when the hurt's there and you want to quit and I go before the Lord and I start praying in the Holy Spirit and honestly it's like the the presence of God floods in and there's joy and refreshing and, uh, and you're all energized and you think I can't even believe I thought I wanted to quit and that's how after 30 years I haven't quit And I give so much credit to being filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues. It's like, it's kind of like, you know, there used to be a commercial with the Ever Ready battery. You know, remember those batteries called Ever Ready? And there was like a bunny there was like, I don't know if they ever had that commercial here, and the ever-ready, and it just keeps going and going and going. It's like the ever, and I'm telling you, when you got the Holy Ghost and you're filled with the Spirit and you speak in tongues, it's like having your own ever-ready battery, only it's a lot more powerful because the same glory that raised Jesus from the dead went into the hell and raised Jesus out of hell, and it's a lot more powerful than an ever-ready battery when you have the Holy Spirit. So here's one last thing, and, and today, so we're going to, we're I'm just going to, say one last thing, and you know what we're going to do today? We're going to take time. We're going to have the worship team come back up here soon, and we're going to stand up, and we're going to sing in the Spirit and give it a little bit of time. So I'm purposely preaching less today because as a congregation, you know, the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit to help us, and and sometimes we all get busy in life, all of us, and we don't really... Uh, probably an understatement. Patsy and I were talking this morning, and I said, you think it's an understatement to say most Pentecostals do not come close to taking advantage of the Holy Spirit as much as they can? And she says, yeah, I think that's an understatement. And so this is going to be kind of like a jumpstart for you. If you, if, if you haven't really been praying or singing the Spirit, we're going to do it together as a congregation. If you're with us today and you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, we saw the, the testimony on video from Christina. Well, you know what? You can just... Uh, you can just do what she did just right here with everyone as we're singing in the spirit just yield to the spirit and and just yield yourself and you can start singing and, pr- and being filled with the spirit right here in the event that you need help you walk up front and we have ministry team people here and while we're singing in the spirit if you walk up here uh you somebody will f- come and they'll help you uh, help you get filled with the spirit so you can sing with us in the spirit okay so one last thing we want to look at in the word today first corinthians 14 in verse 21 this is a quote from the book of isaiah in the old testament and here's what here's what paul says quoting isaiah he says in the law it is written with men of other tongues and other lips i will speak to this people so what is that about well that that's about um 1st corinthians 14 is all about tongues so, right in the middle of that, all about tongues, Paul's quoting Isaiah. So, you got to go back to Isaiah 28 to see what it's talking about. You go back to Isaiah 28 and verse 11 and look what it says. It says, For with stammering lips in another tongue, in the worship team, you guys can come up, with stammering lips in another tongue, he will speak to this people. And now, look at this. To whom he said, This is the rest with, with, with which you cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. So look at that. This is about tongues. He said, this is the rest, that you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. And so how many times have I been comforted and refreshed by just singing and praying in the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues? And so today, this is the way that we're going to end is we're going to take time so know that you know it's only 1149 we're usually here to 12 so we know that we're going to at least uh, go to 12 o'clock singing in the spirit remember if you're not filled with the spirit this is an opportunity for you to get filled you can come up here if Jesus isn't your Lord if you're with us today and Jesus isn't your Lord and you want Jesus as Lord just walk up here somebody will meet you and will lead you to the Lord so let's all stand up I'm going to ask Patsy to come up and help us uh, as we uh, sing together in the Spirit today. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit always lifts up Jesus. And we were singing earlier today that He's our refuge, He's our healer, our defender. All these wonderful things about Jesus. Can you just put your heart and mind on Jesus Christ? Let's lift up our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Can you just lift up your praise to Jesus? He's such a rock. I want to just have Des Dauncey come up here for a second here. I've known Des for about eight years now, and uh, he's just in bullet point form. Say in your life the benefits of tongues, what it's done for your family.
0: tongues has been precious to me. Many, many times I've... Experienced as Pastor Tony has experienced at strengthening from within, and the comfort of the Holy Ghost—it's precious. Not only that, there's been times when our financial needs have been necessary in our family. Oh, uh, many years ago, I had a deep desire to get um, financially free of debt, and uh, I asked the Lord about it prayed in the spirit a lot and I heard from the Lord one word and that was wait, several years went past and again I was um, praying in the Holy Ghost, hands in my pocket, praying in the Holy Ghost and I heard in my spirit now's the time to build we followed that prompting and within two years we were dead free and then. It's just such a precious thing to have the intimacy there of the Holy Spirit. And as a wonderful thing that praying in the Holy Ghost, it appears to me that it makes you very
1: sensitive on the inside. And is it true. true that one of your sons was saved because you prayed in the Holy Spirit? It spared one of your sons' life, right? Yeah, it's true. And uh,
0: it's an interesting thing how it happened. We were praying for him, another pastor and myself, and uh, I sensed that Simon was getting embarrassed, so we backed off a little bit. But I had like a vision, a mental picture of him driving down the road, hands on the steering wheel, and, you know, he was praying in the spirit. Well, that's exactly what happened.
1: So, yeah. Yes. Praise all. Praise God. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's sing again and we'll go. Yeah. Hallelujah. So take this with you, it's not only for Pentecost Sunday and this special day, it's for life, it's for every day, as much as you, when you're driving your car, sing in tongues, pray in tongues when you're driving your car, when you're loading the dishwasher or washing dishes, sing and pray in the Holy Spirit, when you're cooking, uh, doing whatever, doing a barbie, sing and pray in the Holy Spirit, every opportunity, sing and pray in the Spirit. Uh, it's, it's for life. It's for all the time. So have a blessed day. And as you go here, take, take with you uh, all of this. And remember, our altars are still open if you want additional prayer. Have a blessed week.
0: Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at Church at rhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au